podcasting from Chico, California. This is the Barbless Fly Fishing Podcast, where we discuss fly fishing, guiding, fishery science and management, conservation, and more. Know better. Fish better. Learn more at barbless.co. Here's your hosts, Chad Alderson and Nick Hanna. This episode of the Barbless Fly Fishing Podcast is brought to you by California Trout working throughout the state to ensure we have resilient wild fish thriving in healthy waters for a better California. Support Caltrout's innovative science-based work by becoming a member or donating today at caltrout.org. Hey, welcome everybody to another episode of the Barbless Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Captain Nick Hanna. Oh, El Capitan. Uh, the captain in there, yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Chad? I'm good. Um, my my Ralphine's going well. You're Ralphine? Rolfing, I should say, not Rolfing. It's it's a uh, for those that didn't hear about my shoulder issue last uh, episode or two back. Um, I got a repetitive motion injury from guess what? Casting nine weights, shocker. Um, I I went to a chiropractor and then I he referred me to somebody that practices Rolfing or Rolfing. I don't know. Basically, it's like this deep tissue facial fascial massage technique. It gets into the tendons, super painful. Um, it's but super it's working. painful, but dude, oh my god, it's like life life altering. We got it. We have a cool announcement to make, right? I mean, our, this is going to come out probably in a while, but um, we, stores online. Oh, I, th- I thought you were going to say we were pregnant. Should we tell them yet? <laughs> First case, biological case, man, 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 baby. Um, yeah, the store's live uh, right Go now. Go buy some hats. We have hats, men's and women's. We have about, oh, shoot, the 16, women's, the women's are cool. different models. I like the women's hats. Yeah. They look good. Well, if you go around and look at any of the other, you know, bigger bigger sites in uh, in this industry, we I think that we have one of, if not the biggest line of women's hats right now. Nice. Which is pretty cool. Very cool. Fastest um, growing demographic yeah. in the industry. So they're probably, if you're wondering how to get to the site, it's gear.barbless.co. Um, just follow the link in the in the uh, at the main website. It's also linked in our profile on Instagram. Just don't crash your car, but go on and buy some hats. Yeah. Every hat you purchase saves a salmon. No kidding, but um, every hat. But you that's purchase, the idea down the road. Yes, right? exactly. But every every hat you purchase is going to go right to back into the business and keep this thing going. So our guest our guest is help. smiling at us right now, going, "Okay, yeah. are we, we going to chime yeah. in?" Oh yeah, what? I forgot we had a guest. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we have with us, Nick? <laughs> Alex, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. Well, first of all, thanks, guys, for having me. Super excited to be for here. sure, man. My yeah. name is Alex Ramirez, and I am an industry rep on the Southwest U.S. Every time I hear your last name, I want to I want to say Ramirez. Like on, uh, <laughs> what? do you know the movie? No. No? <laughs> but I, I thought you were going to say Rodriguez. I no, no. Uh, oh, now I can't think of it. Highlander. That's what I was, you ever see was talking about. No, now I got to see Dude, it. Dude, you haven't seen Highlander? No. Jesus, man. Yeah. These people. We're damn much. millennials. No, yeah. you're not a millennial, are you? No, not at all. <laughs> if you haven't seen Highlander, just a little side note, a little PSA, go watch Highlander. It's awesome. Okay. It's awesome. And that was one of the original uh, yeah. awesome sci-fi sword Dude, fighting. so sick. Like, half like good versus evil the entire soundtrack's queen okay perfect yeah it's it was my that's how i knew about it that's how i learned about queen the band was watching highlander movie and it's all swords and it's just like people's heads flying off but i digress that's why there's a sword hanging out in the studio right here but the bad to be from highlander but the bad guy has like he's got a severed neck from a previous battle and it's stitched together with safety pins so his voice box is all messed up and whenever he says ramirez which is one of the protagonists he says ramirez that's that's why anyway We're going to be hearing that today on the boat. Oh, definitely. Every yeah. time you uh, hopefully get a strip set. Jealous yeah, you guys are going to be ripping lips. Alex, yep. tell, tell us about yourself. Tell us how you got into the industry and, and how you eventually became became a rep. Um, actually, it's a pretty cool story. So I uh, you know, went to college, did the whole thing, You know, trying to figure out what's going to be the perfect life for me. Uh, being an entrepreneur was definitely something that I, you know, I strive for. So I actually owned a landscape business with my dad. For about ten years, and then uh, whereabouts in Hollister, California, is actually where I grew up. Okay, and then um, decided to sell the business. Like it just wasn't 
working for me and it was 2008 everything kind of went downhill anyway mm-hmm. everybody started mowing their own lawns yeah people were like Dude, <laughs> we can't even afford to do that yeah yeah so anyway i uh, sold that business and then uh didn't know what i was going to do actually moved out of my house lived in the valley and i woke up one morning and i told my wife I said i'm just gonna go fly fishing I haven't fly fished in a while and used to love to do it as a kid and then uh I was gone all day long. She was like, I didn't know if you would ever come back, you know? And I was like, <laughs> and then she's like, when are you going again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then anyway, I, um, I come back and I tell her, I said, this is all I'm going to do. I said, I'm just going to fly fish. So I don't know how I'm going to make a living. I don't know how mm. we're going to support the family and the two kids, it's but ballsy, dude. I'm going to do it, you know? And she was like, okay, that sounds good. So I actually got a job at Bass Pro and it was like one of the hardest jobs to get. Like they actually had a test I had to take and, really? you know, I passed the test, but they were like, oh, we don't think this guy is cut out for it. So then I had to like talk to some people and reapply and they're like, oh, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. But it was pretty crazy. So I actually started working at the Bass Pro Manteca. And then from there. Um, How long were you there? I was only there maybe a year. Okay. A little over a year, year and a half maybe. And then uh, we wanted to move to Southern California and my wife was like, is there any fly fishing? And I was like, yeah, you can fly fish anywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Anything that has gills, you can fly fish for. <laughs> and plus, I wanted to get uh, better at saltwater fly fishing because I would do a little bit of that in, like, the Monterey Bay area and stuff like that. So, anyway, I just sent a bunch of emails out and resumes and some dude said, hey, you know, you should call this guy at SoCal Fly Fishing. Guy hired me over the phone and picked up and moved my family in two weeks. Holy Whoa, smoke, yeah, that's totally crazy. What did you, uh, where'd you get all your expertise? What were you fly fishing on? Like what, what's your species of trout really? Yeah. Yeah. I did a lot of trout fishing early on. I was 10 when I first picked up a fly rod and then dad um, got you into it. No, actually no. My dad, he would took me there. Like we were camping ever since I was two years old. And then, uh, we actually saw this guy fly fishing one evening and we were throwing lures you know, and I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, this guy was like, ripping rip, lips. Fish, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, and I remember he looked like Mick Mars, like, like a young version of Mick Mars from Motley Crue. Mm-hmm. And I went over to him and we're like, dude, what are you doing? You know, and he's like, oh, I'm just using this little, you know, little, it looked like a white fly. I was probably, you know, like kale or something like now, but we had no clue. And he took us back to his camp and he tied one for us. We didn't have fly rods, but he tied Oh, that us probably just flies. blew your frigging mind. Yeah. So we're like, dude, this is awesome. He gave us these flies and then we went home and we bought fly rods, me and my buddy. And then yeah. we taught ourselves how to cast. And, and that was driveway. it. Yeah. That one, that one interaction with that yeah. one guy that. And I wish I would know tied. who that dude is. Yeah. He That's was from really Southern cool. California and he was part of a club. Isn't that insane? Like it just, that one, that one event is got you on the, in this seat. I mean. Yeah. It's crazy. Not, totally not to crazy. say that like it's your, the best thing that's ever happened. You yeah. just sit in the seat. But the point is like the way that you fight your path that you take, For sure. you know, and the, the things that we get along the way is really interesting. And now it looks like you, you are, your head, you're deep into it. You got a sled. Did you just get a sled? I just got a sled. Yeah. Is it, is it awesome or oh what? My gosh, it's yeah. First boat I've ever owned, but yeah. One What'd of the coolest things I got a stealth craft 1654 nice. power drifter. Right. A tiller. Yeah. So the trout fishing's on hold. Yeah. Actually, it was more, it's actually, I've always been a bass guy. So like, go back to the story. So it was trout fishing. That's where I learned. I would just, you know, throw dry flies in the morning, the evening. And then, um, when I got into, you know, junior high, I had some friends that lived on the golf course. So then we'd go to the golf course and we'd chase bass, you know, and it was awesome. And then we had a little local bass lake. And so I did a little bit of both. Um, but it was mainly trout really. And then, uh, I would say within the last 15 years, it started to be more, you know, stripers, you know, yeah. um, coast, you know, saltwater fishing, yeah, yeah. saltwater fishing, you know, especially down in Southern California and then did some, you know, Christmas Island trips and Mexico trips, stuff like that for some larger species. But yeah. What's your favorite large species in the salt to chase? Would be tuna. Really? I like Actually, it, you know, I, like I would answer. say, it would say sharks. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. That really? Shark fishing is, uh, it's, pretty intense did you go with conway no actually i went with uh mark martin so he was uh, a great friend of mine he came into the shop that i worked with and it was funny because he was like i want to you know be a captain and you know just be a shark guide i'm like cool man so you know just told him what people were using you know and i didn't i hadn't even done it yet you know just kind of knew what what direction to take 
And uh, anyway, that guy just spent like, I think every waking moment on the water trying to figure it out. Now he's one of the best shark guys down there in Southern California. That's cool, man. Yeah. Name a, uh, a time fishing, fly fishing or fishing in general that you laughed the hardest. Like oh. one moment where you just busted a gut. Oh, uh, I would say it would be, um, I think of two moments, but it's with the same dude. And uh, it would be on the east side of the Sierra's Mammoth. And it was basically about food. Like we were, we were so stoked to go fishing, but it was all about like how good these burritos were. Like we just talked about. <laughs> were you guys like, under the influence of cannabis no, at the time? No, we were not, dude, which was crazy. <laughs> you know, but we would sit there and we would talk about how they made it. Like we were just trying to deconstruct this burrito. Were you in the truck on your way? We were. That, that's a total in-transit <laughs> conversation for sure. And then we're talking uh, about it on the river and like we still bring it up. It's like one of the coolest things. We're like, dude, it should, somebody should just talk about food and fly fishing. I'm like, that's all they should do. Maybe that, that hasn't been done yet. That would no. be kind of cool. You go rip some fish and then like the lunch is a gourmet st- creekside lunch yeah. or something. And it's you kind of like talk about the you know, meal prep on the side of the it's river. It's got to be something special. Any, well, okay, yeah. cool. Good question though. I like it. You like that one? Yeah. That, that one's new. <laughs> that's, that's, a new yeah. that's a new format we're trying out on the show, ladies and gentlemen. I like it. It's Nick approved, so <laughs> good to go forward. Um, talk to us about outdoor specialty products. What is that? So that is a rep group that I took over. So Jamie Lyle was uh, a Southwest rep for most of the brands that I rep right now. And he actually was the one that brought me on uh, to work with him as a sub rep, which was really cool. And uh, he had that business name that was just a DBA. So I just, you know, just keeping in line, I just took that. But um I'm going to switch everything over to my name, which is, or my brand, which is Alex Flyfish is what I'm, you know, kind of. So you took towards. the business over from him then? Is that how? It- well, it's, uh, I still had to be hired by every brand. So, um, that was just his business name that all the dealers. He's had that forever. When I was a kid working in a fly shop way back in the day, that was the binders that we were looking at. You know, I was like so excited to get the outdoor specialties folder, you know, start opening it up and like, Ooh, that's cool. Ooh, I want that. Ooh, I want that. You know, (laughs) Yeah, 20 years in business, 20 plus years that Jamie was doing it, you know, and I don't know how long he had outdoor specialty products, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great name. It's super cool, but I just kind of wanted to, brand myself a little bit and, and yeah he went to did he go to sitka is he at he sitka now no so he did go to sitka okay so he, he left and now he's back in the fly fishing industry and a he is uh still living in montana but repping orvis and sa oh, okay cool yeah wow yeah he's definitely one of the best i you know i mean just for being where i'm at so yeah i owe a lot to him he's he's a great guy awesome yeah, it was a really cool story though so when i left the fly shop in southern california I knew I wanted to rep and I was talking to John Sherm, got to know him really well. And he was helping me out kind of where to go. And then my wife, she goes, why don't you rep like Sims or stage or something? You know, it was all the brands you use. And I said, like two of the best reps in the world rep those brands. Like there's no way I could get those. Tough barrier to entry. Yeah. Are you kidding me? You know, so I'm looking at all these kind of, you know, C list brands. And then, uh, I went to IFTD kind of on a whim when it was in Vegas and, Jamie called him to try to get me in and he's like, Hey, I told him what I was doing. He's like, Oh, don't, don't meet with anybody. Don't sign any contracts. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so then I go meet him and he, you know, gives his proposal to, to work with them and rep, you know, the brands that I already use. And I was like, just blown away. I call my wife and she's like, I, I told you it's easy. <laughs> and he's like no you signed this contract yeah so anyway it was super it was a super emotional super cool like didn't think that i would uh be in this position in such quick of a time but yeah it's so uh, cool, it's like dedication to the sport you good know, for you yeah. no, that's awesome yeah it's pretty cool what uh so what what brands it roll up under your uh responsibility so it's sage reddington and rio those are the biggest brands they're under the housing of the far bank corporation mm-hmm. and then i have fish pond I have Outcast Boats, which is uh, float tubes and uh, mm-hmm. personal watercrafts. And then we got um, some other stuff. Yeah, there's great stuff. Tibor Fly Reels, Rep Your Water. Those are the brands that I represent. We were talking before we started recording that it's Tibor, not Tibor, but Correct. a lot of people Tibor. still say Tibor to this yeah. day when I hear when I hear yeah. them talking. Tibor I, I thought it was Tibor for a long time. Yeah. 
And, it's, and it, I don't think a lot of people know that Sage and uh, Reddington, and, or if the and people Rio. want to know, that those three companies are owned by one corporation. Yeah. You know, that's kind of fun. That's kind of out of Washington. Yeah, it's a bit out yeah. of Bainbridge, Washington. Yeah, it's funny. You know, it's I'll be, you know, say at the Pleasanton Fly Fishing Show, and, you know, we have the Reddington. When we, you know, Reddington would be there, Sage would be there, Rio. And I could be in the Reddington booth and, you know, have a customer you know, talk crap about Sage, you know, or vice versa, you know, and it's weird. It's like, it's all the same company, you know, like whatever hat I'm wearing, you know, just listen. Right. Right. But uh, yeah, a lot of people didn't really know that, um, you know, started out, uh, that, you know, Sage was purchased by, um, the Joshua Green Corporation. And then, you know, later they, they picked up Rio and then Reddington and they just picked up, uh, Flywater Travel. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. But it's pretty cool. Cause if you go to these facilities, I mean, it's, still like a small mom and pop, mom and pop operation you know yeah. it's really i mean the people that work there are phenomenal um but yeah i mean they're just trying to make the best are like are are sage and reddington uh rods are they made out of the same facility no they're not no. so sage that's a usa made rod mm-hmm. so all the rods are made right there on bainbridge island um our design team is on Bainbridge Island, and we have kind of a separate design team, you know, guys that are building sage rods, guys that right. are, you know. And then those not familiar with sage and Reddington, um, how would you class them price-wise vis-a-vis brand? Um, I would classify the the sage as a, as a premium rod brand, okay. for sure. I mean, we do have our price points in there that, you know, will cover, you know, all the bases, but uh, it's a USA-made premium rod brand. Reddington, uh, they do have premium rods for sure. Um, I always like to tell people it's the the surprising value that you get when you yeah. put a Reddington rod in your hand, you know, and somebody's like, oh, it's only $150. Yeah. Dude, I'll put a vice, a Reddington vice up against any of the top end stuff in terms of casting. Now, yeah. my professional caster, no. Yeah, just the I'm way not, that the rod performs in your hands dude, that you like. Yeah. You know, and now that's the what components are a different story, and that's why you pay the extra money for a sage or everything. But the the rod itself or the, the blank itself, um, if you're trying to, you know, as a streamer rod, that six weight Reddington Vice, dude. Yeah. As long as you're not putting in like uh, you know, a lot of time on the water with it, because the components will break down. But if it's just your casual fisherman that's yeah. looking for a cheap uh, streamer rod the vice is pretty badass yeah i, I like 200 rod i like the reddington's action um a lot there's some some of those rod. i, I put a lot of them in my clients hands yeah, i yeah. think they're great you know it's hard it's easier to do that than put like a thousand dollar sage rod in yeah. their hand you know it's yeah. Just, yeah just as like from a guide's perspective yeah, for sure but, but yeah. um i think they all have their place in their own way you know and they it kind of it kind of depends it's that's your job to kind of educate the right. shops on, on that and then their job to educate the the clients right Correct. i mean yeah. just kind of let them know you know all the different attributes and what they're looking for you know because everybody picks up a rod and you know might expect or i wouldn't say everybody i would say what i kind of hear you know people pick up a rod and they expect it to do everything you know but we right. actually have rods specific to you know certain yeah. types of fishing you know like you know, sandwich is perfect sandwich, you know, from, from out of the sand within a hundred yards. It totally, that's a great analogy to use with, with rods and lines even, right? Oh, totally. You've got a, your golf bag is how many, how many rods you can fit in your, your truck, right. you know, that yeah. your truck is your golf bag, but all those different wedges and irons. And did I say the same thing twice? Yeah. I did. Yeah. Um, woods and irons. Um, those are all the different, you know, line specific species, specific lines, different rods. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think? And I've asked you this before, but I'll ask again just for people that just discovered us. Um, what's more important, fly line or fly rod when you're, say it's your first year fishing? It's fly line for sure. Yeah. Nick's shaking his head. Yeah. Why? Yeah, because it will, you can go buy those kits, you know, and, and the rod is great, right? But the, usually the reel and the line is pretty inexpensive on those kits just because yeah. you're trying to get your, that person out there entry level it looks like some, they look like dried up noodles but there's some <laughs> fancy really nice line that when you buy that new line and you go put it on that same outfit it, it's like you just got a brand oh, new oh, rod totally. setup yeah. you know exactly like getting a supercharger on your oh for sure yeah 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 no um that and i was gonna say like you, we talk about these rods and and the specific rods for a specific use and then it comes it's a whole nother ball of wax of trying to match that line to those rods because yeah. A lot of rods in the in this world, you know, you 
if, say it's a nine weight, if you put a nine weight on it, you know, it won't cast short distances to 20 feet, but it casts beautifully from like 50, you know, 40 yeah. to 60 feet because it was main, kind of designed to cast to salt water, long distance casting, you know? So, and then you put that, you flip it and go to like steelhead fishing and you're wanting to cast short distances, you know, you want to put a heavier line on that rod so it's i mean you're it's it's endless on oh for and sure. i wanted to talk to you about that yeah. and, um that's a great point just yeah. in and maybe some that stick out to you like rods that st that you rep that stick out where you're like no you should be putting you know a heavier line on this rod or a lighter line on this rod i don't know if you can go that route yeah. i know I it's can. a sticky well, situation we, like, we over we tend to overline all of our all of our yeah. stuff and i I say we, Nick does, and then I do what he does. So that's why we, uh, but he overlines pretty much everything, right? Yeah. But then I find you got to be careful because you can blow a rod up, totally. not blow. When I say blow it up, it's just, you're going to, it's not going to perform the way it should. The line's too heavy. You can't manage the line when it's on the water. All totally. kinds of things start becoming an issue. So it totally depends on what I think your skill level, your, what your app, your application is. And then, than what you have in your hand, you know, like yeah. the, 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 basically like the design performance characteristics of the rod. Is that what you're saying? Kind of dictate how much latitude you have in terms Prob of yeah. underline or overlining, I guess. For sure. It's not a thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, Nick hit a good point. So I, I actually do this talk called action versus application and it really breaks down, okay. you know, what the rods meant for, you know, cause a lot of people, we get really caught up in the axis super fast. Is it fast? Is it medium? Yeah. Right. Some people just like, I just want a medium rod. You know, and that's like my favorite rod to cast, but they're going to go, you know, chuck meat off the front of a drift boat. You know, it's like, that's not the best rod, you know, right, for that it's application. It's going to bend over like a right, taco. Totally. Yeah. So just to be able to, to, you know, really kind of pinpoint, okay, what would he, what do you really want to do with this rod? And we have rods that so you're cover like all the bases. Totally. That's exactly it. So we have yeah. multi-purpose rods, you know, it's like, this is going to cover all your bases. Yeah. You're going to be super set here. Or we have rods, you know, like super fast action rods, like the igniter. And we have that. We'll throw that today on the boat. Um, but that's a great rod for into the wind. That's a great rod that you can overline, you know, but it all comes down to like, yeah, what, basically what you're going to be doing with it. You know, overlying the rod is great when you're doing really short casts. Mm -hmm. But if you got to like bomb a cast out, like you mentioned earlier, and that's where you start, you know, putting too much weight on the rod, you know, it's, it's not going to perform. Yeah, it's not going to perform really well. And there's a really cool video that actually Rio came out with talking about the AFMA standards and uh, specifically he was talking about the five weight. So every, what did you say? The what? The standard? AFMA standard. What's AFMA stand for? It's the American. AFTA. Af oh, AFTA. No, it's, Af yeah. It's yeah I thought you said AFMA. Af yeah, it's American Fly Tackle Manufacturers Association. Okay. okay American okay. Fishing Tackle Manufacturers right. Association. AFTMA. AFTMA. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. That's what that. So they came up with this standard for grain weights from one weight through 16 weight and on their standard like a one weight 60 grains at 30 feet that's the first 30 feet of the head and then the 16 weight is 450 grains but, i mean we can throw 450 grains on a 10 weight now so you can see where you know it's a little bit archaic based on the rods that are being built now but what a really cool thing is so just take a simple five weight 140 grains at 30 feet that's what it's supposed to weigh. That's the kind of mill the road. And grains is like a unit of weight? As a measurement, yeah. So, okay. like, uh, yeah, so it's like, what is it? Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, but it's a unit of measure. Okay. So it's a grain. Yeah, there's so many grains in an ounce, and I can't remember how many But it's a weight are. measurement, right? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Weight, weight measurement. So, okay. yeah. So, they have this really cool video that talks about it. So, 30 feet of a fly line of, a say, weight four or five is 140 grains. When you are casting that rod, it was 30 feet of fly line out of the tip of the rod, 140 grains. You add five feet to that. So now 35 feet of the head out mm -hmm. of the tip of the rod. Now that line weight is equivalent to a six weight at 160 grains. Right. You okay. put another five feet. Now it's equivalent to a seven weight. So it's, so the more weight you have. Cause it's of, like the terminal velocity is going to yeah. increase as you exactly. get more fly line out of the tip of the rod totally. and it's going to just put more centrifugal force on the whole thing. Yeah. So then, right. so you start thinking about overlining a rod and now, you know, some of these lines you can easily carry 
35, 40 feet of line, you know, double hauling. Yeah. And, you know, how much weight are you having at the end of that rod? And if the rod can't handle that, you're just not going to perform like you wanted to. You yeah. think you're like, I'm going to bomb this cast and, you know, your rod's buckling because you just, yeah. it's just not supporting it. So. And, and then in a, a fishing standpoint, um, we were just, I was just talking about this with, with Hunter is, um, he had some hooks break or, or bend out straight, you know? And I started, I was like, Oh, what hooks are you using? You know, you can tie like a size 16 on a bigger hook to potentially keep that hook from bending out, you know? And then I started thinking, I'm like, well, what, what rod are you using? You know? Cause if you're having a fast action rod and you're pulling, you know, a lot of that pull is just is going straight to the tippet or the, or the weight where if you had a softer rod, Right. Yeah, you could be, tip. you could be setting up on it and not, and it'll have a little bit more forgiveness. Right. Totally. So there's, there's a whole nother thing <laughs> added to oh that on gosh. top of just casting and getting the fly out there. It's it, what are we doing? We're fishing. We're trying right. to catch fish, you know? So all that needs to come in, come into play a little bit too, you know, so it, oh, it can sure. kind of get overwhelming, but that's what you guys do. And that's what you guys do. Well, you, you know, all these rods, you know, all these lines, you know, you talk about it within the shop owner and then they can go into any shop that reps all this, this stuff, they'll be able to break that down for you and, and kind of help you correct get, yeah. be successful on the water. Yeah. That's our, that's our job is my, actually my job too. And everybody else's, you know, the rep business is educating the staff, yeah. you know, ed educating the consumer. So they know exactly, you know, what they're looking for, what they're getting. Um, so they have a great experience, you know, it's mm -hmm. like the worst thing to go out there and, you know, you don't have the, the wrong stuff and, you know, just kind of, Makes the experience less. What's exciting. the difference between the salt and the X? Um, it's H taper design. HD. So the salt HD. And I'm talking about Sage fly rods right yeah. now. Sure. So the salt HD has got a really cool taper design and it's meant for chasing saltwater flat species. Um, it's, it's designed like a true fast action rod where it's, you know, it, uh, you know, it's stiff tip, but what they've done with this one here, they've actually put a little bit more material in in the tip section. So what that does, it actually makes the rod, it forces the rod to bend a little bit deeper into the rod blank. So uh, people think like, oh, well, it's a medium action rod. No, it's still, you know, stiff up to the I've, tip. I've actually noticed that because I, I, I have um, EPRs and then I've got a Salt HD on yeah. the boat for nine all nine weights. Yeah. And the EPR loads a little faster than the Salt hd which surprised me because i thought it was going to be the other way around yeah. but that explains why so and the reason why is to eliminate your false cast so you're you know and this like i said this is the way they designed this rod you know you're you imagine you're in front of a flats boat you know you're chasing permit and you know guides telling you you know 60 70 feet you know at 11 o'clock you make that cast he the fish changes direction now he's like pick it up and go one o'clock well you can pick up 50 feet of line change directions and shoot that line out to your target without false casting that's what that rod was meant for to be able to because sometimes your second shot is even more important than your first shot <laughs> so interesting okay so and so that's where it's really specific that salt hd rod where the x rod you know it's a fast action rod but that's just kind of good for everything you know you can use it on the salt flats you mm -hmm. can use it chasing stripers you know you can take it up to pyramid lake you can you know you, you can do a bunch of different stuff with it you know we we'll obviously make it from a three weight through mm -hmm. to an 11 weight but you know just kind of that was choose your species it went from the one sage one to it, the x right is that kind of how it, the marketing yeah. went on that yeah on that rod so it's the same thing they're the same thing they just are so they increase that uh so it's a different tech it's same technology but they actually just made it better for lack of better words so it's a kinetic technology which um all these graphite fibers are laid on our true axis which is really cool so there's no twisting or turning you know we start thinking about all these individual mm -hmm. you know fibers so when they went to the kinetic HD, the HD stands for high density. What they're able to do is just with another formula uh, of resin, they were able to pack more graphite fibers closer together. So there's actually almost a million graphite fibers in a Sage X rod blank, which is kind of crazy. And they actually had one where they, you know, basically unraveled it so it looked like the end of a fine tooth or a paintbrush and it was just crazy to see all these fibers like close together and that those are all packed into a rod blank so what you're getting is you're getting a rod that's um lighter more durable you have more graphite fibers close together you increase the sensitivity because the, the um 
the resin is actually a deadening agent. It's just a, a glue mm. to kind of keep things together. So, you know, with this whole new formula, we're able to pack more fibers closer together. So you increase your accuracy, uh, you know, your durability, your overall weight of the rod, super lightweight. It's, it's pretty fantastic. I, I love the nine and a half one, the, or X yeah. seven weight or six weight or eight weight. Those are my favorite for like these Valley rivers and chucking, you know, sink tips or indicators or whatever you're going to be throwing. I think it's one of the, it's a fun rod, but you can also go take it and toss dry flies with it in a float tube. Yeah. You know, totally. Where do you, where do you think, you know, in terms of rods, rod design market, all that, um, in terms of growth and then also the types of applications that, that you where you guys are seeing opportunity between like a, a five to a nine weight range, you know, which I would argue is probably the biggest part of the market. Yeah. Um, where can you kind of like talk about what's on the horizon? What are you guys most excited about? What trend industry trends um, you're seeing? So, yeah, I mean, I would say some things that are trending right now is trout spay, uh, European, like the single handed yeah, stuff. Yeah. No, the, the two handed stuff. Okay. So trout spay, two handed okay. stuff. So it's basically okay. one weights through four weights and a two handed rod. That's trending. Um, European cell nymphing is trending. So I think, you know, seeing, uh, that expand, you know, mm -hmm. with, with both brands, um, is probably something, uh, to, to are you, look at. So you, are you guys working on like an echo shadow two kind of a competitor? Can you uh, talk about I'm not that? I'm hundred percent sure on that. We kind of get our information, you know, a little bit later, but, <laughs> right. um, you know, I, as far as, you know, one to compete with another brand, I think that that's always, you know, that's always on the forefront. Tell them I want a, a, a Takara rod style. Tinkara? Tinkara, whatever. <laughs> what did I say? Takara. <laughs> Tell them that I, I want a, a rod that I can just hit a button and extend it out like another extra like five feet and then get in that little little extra like length in the high stick mode. Just ba 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 We reach, all want reach, a button. We can extend our reach out. <laughs> reaching out and just <laughs> totally. That's exactly it. Just have it like a snap clip or something yeah. like that that you have to disengage. I think it'd be awesome. Or maybe a reel that automatically reels. <laughs> I think the auto reels should be back. Yeah, I really do. <laughs> I like the automatic reels. I think they're Have cool. Have you used one? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's like, you just can't not mess up. <laughs> like you cast and then you hit it, automatically hit it, then all your line just, <laughs> like, oh, just screwed up that They just drift. need to redo, redo it. But yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it'd be cool. Yeah. Trying to spool one of those up is a pain in the butt, yeah. but. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I've never had to do that, but I have fished with one, and yeah, they're they're kind of a pain in the ass, especially the ones that were kind of tilted on side that weren't, you know, like they were yeah. kind of yep. flat underneath the reel, right. right? Underneath the rod butt. Um, but yeah, so I I think kind of following these trends, going back to what you were saying, Chad, I think following those the trends is where you know the rod manufacturers are going to kind of just kind of keep their ear to the ground on yeah. you know, what's, what's happening out there. Cause then there's so many great rod manufacturers out there. Um, and everybody's building, you know, lightweight, um, accurate, you know? Yeah. I mean, it seems like the, the, the front, the new frontier is all like, it's going to be all material science. Whoever wins that game's going to win, you know, for sure. I you think, know, and I think that's kind of where Sage really put their, their name on the map, you know, when Don Green, who was, you know, the famous rod designer back in the 80s from Fenwick, and when he, you know, started Sage with uh, uh, Bruce Kirshner, the guy from K2, that's kind of how it all started. Those two guys got together. But Don Green was the first one to really make a fast action rod. I mean, using the graphite technology that uh, was just kind of yeah. blowing people away. And it's just kind of, you know, progressed from there. And, you know, they work with Boeing and the University of Washington. Um, to to de develop you know the best products they can does that um and you, you may not know the answer to this but the kinetic technology is that based off of graphene technology i don't know don't know don't know about that yeah but they talked about the carbon atoms being aligned in a certain direction yeah, uniformly so, so yeah maybe. so there's no yeah so i'm yeah, not cool. but i just know that that was Cool. What do you call that when you're you're showing your hand and it's hard for the? It, yeah, I was just sorry, trying yeah. to talk about this with somebody the other day and portray it and we're like have them understand it and, and with my words. Yeah. But it's hard to describe because, and I was trying to break down when you're casting right, lining up all the guides so that they're they're straight when right. you're moving back and forward, yeah. right? That there's no tweak basically right. in the rod. 
And as soon as there's a tweak, like at the tip, when you've got too much right. weight or just you're forcing it or whatever, and that's when you see the, your loop just go, yeah. right. Just kind of fail. Totally. Is that what you're, that's kind of what you're yeah. talking about, right? You know, and I would describe it as, you know, so if you had a piece of yarn, you know, that was one color, but had a white stripe on the top of it and you line that up, you know, on a table where the white stripe was, you can see it from beginning to end. You know, where that, so that's what they're doing with each fiber. So if that, to just imagine that white line, if it was just kind of skewed off a little bit or twisted, you couldn't see right. it. It was wrapped underneath. Yep. So that's what they're saying with these fibers. They've actually put them on their, their true axis. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're all aligned. And what that does is it really helps with, um, any medial movement. So like, you know, it's crazy. We, when it first came out, we I remember having this guy come into the shop and he took the rod blank and laid it on the table and he grabbed the tip. It was like overhanging the table by, you know, maybe, you know, 12 inch or something. And he picked up the rod tip and like, let it go and watched it, you know, dampen. And mm-hmm. he was just impressed that it didn't move from side to side, that it just stopped. And it's like was, getting your vertebrae fused. Yeah, it was weird. So you can only go forward. Yeah. You can't go side to side. But I took a cool uh, video, a slow motion video of our new payload rod. And uh, one of our uh, shop managers down in Southern California was Cassie. He's a phenomenal caster. But you watch him stop the rod on a heavy line, like an outbound short S6 line. And you watch the rod flex, you know, when he stops his rod. And then the rod just comes back up and stays still. Like it just doesn't bounce. It doesn't, (laughs) you know. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to see that technology, you know, in slow motion, just how, you know, effective it is when you do stop the rod and you know, it just allows, you know, all the line to run through the guides and, you know, there's there's less like bouncing of that rod tip that's going to slow down that line speed. Yeah, because that, that graphite, it's it's rolled up like a cigar, if you can imagine a mm-hmm. sheet of graphite and then being rolled. And we've talked yeah. a little bit about this. And it, so it's hard to keep something from not tweaking a little yeah. bit you know right so that, that additional yeah. resin that you guys are talking about it's rolled like a barber pole right if you were to look at it in the seams it looks like a barber's pole right yeah, yeah. yep yep yeah yeah so um or a toilet roll right i mean i get down on the bottom of the toilet rolls <laughs> all the time so you're speaking to the authority <laughs> totally, here. exactly but that that's exactly the yeah. same way that they yeah. those those paper towel rolls exactly yeah. how they do that right yeah, and when we were building rods at Powell, like we we would take each each blank was different you know like even if it was the same model there you know and that's probably as a manufacturer what you try to eliminate is those differences but right. um you we would have to find the spine of that rod to find where we were going to line up our guides, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like you throw guides on a rod and be right, done with yeah, it. We'd actually take the blank, look down the eye of it, like look down at like a gun mm-hmm. and rotate it until you would find where it wasn't kicking off to the left or the right. You had a basically a drop down or a, a rise up straight up. So you're like, okay, there's the spine, right? And then mm-hmm. if you put the guides on, on the bottom end of that, it's going to kind of potentially have that rod perform differently than you were if you were going to put it on the top of it, right? Yeah. Are you saying like if you start at the top and work down versus start at the bottom and work up, it changes the performance characteristics of the rod? No, I'm talking about on what side of that rod. Oh, so okay, there, okay. there's a 360 degrees of a side to that yeah, rod yeah, yeah. and there's a spine there somewhere at yeah. one degree or five no, degrees. It makes sense. If you're going to put weight on a side that's already weighted left, it's just going to increase the issue. Right. Yep, exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Totally. Does it matter though if you if you're down the spine? Does it matter if you start from the bottom and work no. up or tip down? No. no. Okay. No. But then you can change your the guide the size of the guides, you know, oversized guides and all that kind of stuff. It gets it gets pretty technical, but um, it's cool, you know. And like you're gonna see Sage probably doing things a lot different than you are maybe some other rod brands out there, you know, yeah. just based on what you're paying. Oh, what totally, you're paying for, for sure. You know, <laughs> you know? Like, uh, yeah. but little kids have really good eyesight, and those Chinese manufacturers do have. But it's, uh, I mean, it's about you know who's who's really designing those rods and the tapers of them, yeah. you know, to yeah. really make make them perform. And you know, like having an end goal, you know, I'm sure that you know all the major manufacturers have that end goal, like we're going to make a rod to do this, mm-hmm. you know, and they do all the tweaking and everything, so it, it does exactly what the rod designer wants it to do. Let's talk. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I wanted to go back. So when you were building rods or or when you were working in the shop, remember when Jamie would come in and he'd show you, uh, you do the the rod flex with two rod blanks, but one had a tip top on it. 
No. You ever do that? So no. Super cool. So I have this little demonstration I do and I just have these old XP rod blanks and nothing on them. Like no, it's just, just the blank itself put yeah. it together and you flex one, you just, you know, hand one around and everybody flex it and they're like, oh, you know, what do you think the action of this rod is? And they're like, oh, this is a fast action rod. Okay, cool. <laughs> and then you hand them another one that just has a tip top on there and you're like, you know, what, what does this rod feel like? Oh, this has got to be medium fast or medium, you know, but it's the exact same blank, but it's just oh, wow. how much, you know, a tip top would change the flex of that rod when you, when you shake it. So it's like all these different you know, components that are put on a rod that really have to come into factor of like, okay, if we, you know, put this stuff on there, like how much more is it going to, you know, do, do they do a lot of like design modeling in the, in a computer? I think, you they, know what I mean? It seems uh, like you could put rules around all this yeah, stuff and I'm just like you could, sure. you can test a jet engine's performance. They're right? probably yeah. doing that more and more slowly, but surely sure it's, it's, are, you know, it seems like, like it's all math side of things, you know, but I'm not sure on the rod side, but I would think, I think, didn't I ask Jim Litchfield that? I don't remember. I can't remember. What I would say on the, on the real side of things, I, I have, you know, you know, the, for so real, no, the real, oh, real, real side, you yeah. know, with CAD drawings you're talking about doing all that. that no, I'm about? talking oh. about doing uh like, okay, one wind tunnel test. Have you seen on the, in, in, oh. on YouTube or whatever, where they, they've got oh, the car okay. and they've got it like hit lit up with say infrared and they're yeah. running they're running a current, a thermal, whatever yeah, over yeah. the top of it. And you can see yeah, like yeah, yeah. the wind going over yeah. like that. That would be an example, yeah. but all in the computer. Oh yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good question. Let's talk, uh, let's talk fly lines. Like we got, I know we're going right. to have a lot of time and I want to talk. Is that cool? Totally. Or do you use yeah. something specific that no. something else you might want to want to talk about? No, I think it's good. Fly lines. I like fish. I like fish pond as a brand too. I always have. I always thought they made they made cool stuff. I know yeah. I'm digressing and going somewhere I know, else, but they but have a great story. Too. I still have. I still have the same toiletry kit I've been using for the last. I don't know how long. You know, and it's, yeah. it looks like it's. It actually looks like I. I just durable. bought it. You know, it's durable, super durable, and it's it it still looks modern. You know, it still yeah, looks like yeah. it was just made just yeah. the other day and marketed I, to me yesterday. Did I tell you I dug my truck out of a snowdrift with a fish pond? <laughs> that's a great story dude seriously man i my boat net was in the truck thank god it didn't last though did it it, yeah. it broke yeah. but i hammered on it for like an hour into this like snow drift that had like iced over the top and it was breaking through it break it was just boom 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 like scooping this ice out pissed off at myself loading up the rubber net with probably 20 pounds of fucking snow and over my over my back the person i was with yeah. is like can i help i'm like no just stay in the yeah, truck yeah. i don't want to murder you yeah so um we'll tell that yeah. story real quick alex the fish pond story because you said it's pretty cool and, well I, I think it's just their you know the, the fact that they are um using a lot of recycled products you know almost 90 you know, over 90, 95% of their products are all recycled, uh, made from recycled materials. So. Has that been there? Has that been like that forever? No, it's uh, it kind been, of adopted, I newly adopted. Kind of, yeah, fairly recent within the last, you know, I, I don't call me, I would say five years since I've been a rep, maybe a little bit. Yeah, it's hard to do. Earlier. But yeah, so like our Thunderhead series, which is our fully submersible waterproof packs and bags, um, those are made from our Cycle Pond fabric, which is a recycled fishing net nylon fishing nets and they you know get these nets from from asia and you know they're repurposing that you know awesome yeah coast yeah. is doing that too with their some of their frames yeah not all of them but some of them yeah it's pretty cool and then yeah it's awesome um, and then we just came out with a new uh, fabric it's called eco nil and it's a regenerated nylon fiber and basically from like old shag carpets so a lot of stuff we're just you know really not do anything in the landfill you know they're able to repurpose this stuff and now That's we're rad. you know putting it into you know uh majority of our products out there so packs and bags vests um toiletry bags you know we just came out so the new toiletry bag is 100 percent organic cotton that's a pretty cool spot. i have an old fish pond um luggage bag that's got storage for rods underneath mm -hmm. and everything and it's actually it's pretty cool but it just sits there and I'm, I'm not, not i love yeah. fish pond but it sits there and collects dust because it was too it was narrow right they designed yeah. it like really narrow to uh, i don't know why but so when i'm going down when i'm going through the airport it wobbles it goes like this right gotcha. like back and forth yeah. and i'm like oh man like this and it just gets worse and worse every <laughs> every tip gets a little more tippy and then eventually so it just it goes sits over. there I mean, when i'm like what do i do with this thing it's still in great shape you know i just never i never use it and i don't widen know. the axles or something 
Really? Yeah. Can I, can I do that? Do they still have luggage? Do they, they do. Still yeah. They it? actually still make luggage. Yeah. They have, we have a new bag. It's the Grand Teton. Um, the wider? Rolling, yeah. It's wider. Okay. Uh, rods <laughs> still fit on the bottom. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, Are you guys, is there any new colorways or is it still like a gray, tan and orange? Um, on any of the product line, yeah, I haven't some seen new, it for a while. Yeah, I would take a look. There's definitely okay. some. We we there's there is a look that Fish Pond has. You know, definitely, some yeah. of those colors. Yeah. Um, and you still see that, but it's it's definitely more subdued. I think cool. than their early stuff. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. There's, there's some really cool stuff, and we just came out with the new riverbed camo for our Thunderhead series, and it's really really cool looking. When they're uh, when they're they came out with that vest, it was like it was like the the shit, right? It was like the first you remember, you know which one I'm talking about, like the um it looked like it kind of had saggy saggy <laughs> boobs, but it had the the it was like the patches. pack. Yeah, it had the fly patches in the front that were mm -hmm. modular. You can yeah, pull yeah, the yeah. foam inserts out and then you had the backpack connected yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Man, that whole thing was so, so awesome. Wild horse or Wasatch tech pack. Wasatch, I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it was, yeah. I remember when that first came out, you know, because it, it was all fly vests forever, yeah. you know, just fly fishing vests. And then that thing came out and it was like, oh, that's cool. You know, I could put everything, Pack everything, everything in there. In there. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went from that to the, um, just a, a waste, you know, yeah. like a waste Most waterproof waste, waste deal. But uh, you know what I would like, and God forbid nobody's done it yet. A dry bag with hydration. Solve that problem for me, please. Somebody. <laughs> please it's not out there for god's huh? sake not that i'm aware of i looked at i've i've looked and i've spent like a long time it's probably like too ex is it too expensive too hard to sew yeah, a secondary patch in there to keep I think it they're waterproof about, I th well it, it's not going to be easy to do you know you have to basically have a, a system that that will basically stay waterproof but allow a, a tube to go through yeah it. right yeah so i could imagine where that would be a little challenging that would be somebody's got to be able to do it i mean we sent people to fucking space come on just throw a, a secondary pouch on the outside of the dry bag yeah you know what i ended up doing that would you just do that and put drain holes i mean it's not gonna be like you, right. you don't need to have your hydration right. Waterproof. Yeah. <laughs> right right you know what i also want is like you know those um the navy seals they throw all their i don't know what the bag's called but it looks like a big net okay fish pond has has that, it's just an empty something. net backpack that's burly though so you could go on long distance hikes with it but it's essentially everything that you it can just take a bunch of dry bags inside of it and you can put those in so that you can still like go across creeks and everything you get out all the water just comes right out of the net but all your stuff is in dry bags inside the net oh gotcha. you know what i'm saying hmm. yeah i do know what you're saying i have a fish <laughs> pond netting like you're talking about yeah it was a gear it's a gear bag right you yeah. just put your waders and your boots yeah. and stuff in there yeah I'm pretty sure it's like pond. it's the same kind of stuff if you buy a, a swim swim fins and snorkel that they'll they'll put in yeah, yeah. you know what i mean I hear you. that kind of a material but maybe a little bit stronger but as a backpack that's got a good weight load load system on it but and then and has little dry individual bags. dry bags yeah it's interesting yeah okay i'll light. pass that on to the fish be light <laughs> okay fly lines all right it's gonna fly. fry that's lines it. it's i feel like i knew a lot about fly lines but that was yeah. 10 years ago and now yeah. it's like so many different fly lines you out there it's hard to keep, keep track of everything understand fly lines is i watched a how it's made video on how they make fly lines like if you watch how they make fly lines you'll understand a lot about like how they put tapers on fly lines, you know, how mm -hmm. they apply different weight, different spots in the, in the length of the line, all this stuff. So I'd encourage anybody that wants to know about fly line to go watch how it's made first. YouTube's got a shit ton of videos. Hmm. Okay, go ahead. All right. It's <laughs> my PSA. Okay, perfect. <laughs> number, number two for the day. Gotcha. So what do you want to do? <laughs> you tell me, man. You're oh. the rep. You got to tell okay, me. Okay, I thought you, you had something specific. No, no. That you're like, no. Um, I just, I'm just looking. Well, for I think the well, the fly lines take a similar path, like with the fly rods. Like, what, what are you going to do with this? You know, yeah, right. With this fly line, you know, it's like, well, I just want to throw dries. Well, perfect. You know, I'm going to get you something that has a nice long front taper. You know, not a really short, abrupt. You know, three foot front taper because you know it's going to turn over a fly, but it's going to turn it over a little bit too aggressively. Hard. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, get something with a nice long front ten foot taper that's going to you know drop a, a nice size twenty two. You know, like if you just placed it there, um, really quiet line pickups. You know, for making your next cast, especially if you're fishing like a spring creek type stuff or just really slow moving water. Um, so it really depends on what you're going to be doing. Where I could help you out 
the most. It's like, you know, car tires is like, it's funny that some car tires. And when you bring that up and it makes me think about Rio, the Rio does a good job at illustrating that picture of those tapers and the length of those tapers within the fly line. So you can look at it and be like, Oh, it's got a 30 foot belly. And then it tapers down drastically. Yeah. Right. Or it's got Rio a, 60, does a killer job. Or it does 60 killer foot belly job. and then it tapers down slowly. Right. You know? And you, that's on their boxes and on their e commerce site. And so it really helps me determine, like, because I know I know what I need and it helps me to pick pick something out. And a lot of and, times I've done trial and error, like uh, the chucker. Like, let's talk about yeah, the, the chucker, right? Chucker. There's the switch and then there's the chucker. Switch, switch, yeah. And then the chucker. Mm-hmm. And the chucker is like a beefier, shorter version of the like, of the switch. Like a shooting head kind Correct. of your classic yeah. shooting head. And I, I originally purchased the chucker to do you know indicator fishing with eight weights. And I've quickly found out that that belly was only 30 feet long. And I it just, you know. <laughs> Why is that a problem? Klein's got a line way out there. He's doing yeah, a long yeah, drift. Yeah. And, he, and he's trying to mend like his, his running line. I'm if like. If you uh, ever want to see some <laughs> laugh your ass off, try and roll. Fucking <laughs> stack men some running. Yeah, never gonna happen. Yeah, I I love the switch. I I use those a lot of indicator rods because it's a beefier line. It turns over stuff quickly. It floats high. It loads rods. It gets the stuff out there. I I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody on my boat that has like a sweet nine and a half, six weight or seven weight, and there's this little dry fly line on it that can't roll those things over, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I hand them a properly balanced outfit for what we're doing, and it's just all boom right and they're just like whoa boom getting it right their out confidence there right goes now. up they yeah, start ripping totally. fish yeah and you can yep. actually put mo tips on those uh, switch checkers too so you can a what another, a mo tip uh basically you can either it's uh they're usually spade tips um that you add to a skagit line oh, skagit lines oh, oh, are, oh, oh. yeah know, tend to be a little bit shorter so you add a 10 foot tip to it whether rio's got that pack of them right yeah you yeah. can buy individual okay. ones See, this you is know. why i brought you along yeah, so you get like this. you know Floating lines. I have so you that can, thing. You know, now extend that floating head. Ah, um, mm-hmm. But, you know, really, you know, you can use you think know, about the half that. floating, half sinking tips, you know. Right, right, right. Um, so all these That's different variations idea. of where you want to go with that, uh, you know, how you're going to be fishing it. I, I love just taking fly lines that aren't meant to be for what they're doing and, and applying them to something different oh, yeah. and making it work, you know. Totally. Like, I don't know why. I just kind of get off on shit like that. But Yeah, and like um, the switch chucker line, you know, meant for the switch rods, you know, guys – you know, doing, you know, switch casts with them and, you know, like swinging flies or indicator fishing and adding mo tips to them. And then, you know, get the guys up at Pyramid Lake that are over you. casting, you know, yep. a country mile with them. Yep. You know, that's what I was going to Yep. You know, so overhead cast a switch rod, you know, that's already 11 feet plus. And, you know. When I heard that was one of Reno fly shops, like best selling line, I was kind of stoked because I didn't want that line to go away. I, I wanted yeah. it to stick around. Yeah. For, you were worried it was going to be gone. <laughs> It's a great, it's a really, it's a fun line to fish for sure. Yeah. Um, I got a question for you guys. Yeah. I'm a first year dude and I need to get outfitted and I'm getting serious about fishing. Like I've been fishing for three months and with decent success because I've been listening to this podcast, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, <laughs> so now I'm going to take the next step and I want to get one. How many rods should I be looking into if I'm just going to do basically multi-species but inland freshwater species in california for example and how many how many rods should i get first and what are those rods if you're gonna do inland just mm-hmm. all freshwater fishing mm-hmm. i'll go mm-hmm. to fly shop first that's where you start but let's <laughs> yeah. just let's know, just I'm say just <laughs> it's got to push everything towards fly shops but yeah so uh i would uh, i think two you can get it done with two rods okay um I would pick a five weight. I think a five weight rod just gets a lot of stuff done, you know, from, you know, small, you know, from bluegill to, you know, even small bass. Mm-hmm. And then your eight, weight, your eight weight rod can cover, you know, some larger species. You can do some steelhead mm-hmm. fishing with it. Mm-hmm. I think if you had two rods to choose from, mm-hmm. a five and eight would get, get you a long way. You know, you could, yeah, you could just cover a lot of bases. Nick? What's your thought, Nick? I like it. No, I like it. What do you guys think of like I always say four, six, four, six, and eight. I always say six say. and eight or six, like yeah. he said. But I mean, because but the six and eight are pretty close. So what he's yeah. saying it makes a lot kind of more yeah. sense to me. The only way I would say a six as instead of a five is if you spent good money on the six, got a good a, a really good six weight that was light, you know. Mm-hmm. So you could you could throw some you know softer tips. You can throw yeah. some dries with it. 
but they're they have fours that can throw pretty damn good dries also if you put the right line on it um yeah okay so how about how about lines for those two that you said so it all goes to you know what, what you're going to be chasing you know so I like know, for the five yeah like so it's for the broad five spectrum, weight then, yeah, so, the broad, broad so i'm thinking so even so on rods it would be broad spectrum rods so just uh you know if we're just talking the sage lineup a multi-action or a multi-purpose you know rod would be an x rod the foundation rod or the pulse so one mm. any one of those in a five weight um for the fly lines same thing so i mean we have uh three different fly lines that, you know, cover a lot of bases that can throw dries, indicator fish, throw streamers. I would pick a gold line. It's one of my favorite lines out there. It's got a nice long head, 47 feet. So it's great if you wanted to get it out there a little bit and, and mend at distance. Mm-hmm. So gold line with one of those three rods. On the eight weight, um, now, you know, you're a couple different things you can do. I'm just going to stick it with with floating lines. Yeah. Um, I would still pick the those same rod uh, models sage mm-hmm. or a pulse foundation x mm-hmm. the line i would put on that rod i would probably stick with the another gold line you know because okay. i think it can cover a lot of bases what about too. the so steelhead is, is there still the steelhead yeah we atlantic, have a trout steelhead that steelhead atlantic sam no so no. we have a new taper it's called trout steelhead okay taper um is that 60 foot belly yeah it's, a, it's actually a little bit uh that one's actually yeah 65 feet 65 feet 62 65 yeah i should know this but yeah (laughs) anyway but yeah so we we did come out with a little bit longer one because we we actually came out with the shorter one and uh i'm glad they went back with a little bit of a longer but we call that our trout steelhead so okay down into a four weight oh wow yeah which is really cool and that seems like an all-purpose fly line that would be a good all-purpose i mean um, a little heavy for a dry fly yeah i think a little bit too much for the dry i think that's where the the gold line Really yeah. yeah, I mean, if it were me, I would probably put kind of an indicator style line on because you're going to probably be doing a lot of Indo stuff. But you could also fish that same line for bass. Yeah. And throw, you know, not huge streamers, but enough to turn over, you know, something that'll catch a bass. Does Rio still make double tapers? We do. do you, really? Yeah. 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 So we have double tapers in our light line series, and our light line are actually true to line weight. If you you know, going back to the AFMA standards. So the guys that are fishing fiberglass and bamboo rods, like a lot of the fly lines are, you know, the grain weights are much heavier at 30 feet and these rods, you know, need those lighter lines. So we came out with a line that is actually true to line weight. So the light line has a double taper. And then we just came out with a brand new line this year called the technical trout. And that has a double taper. So you can fish both sides. Yeah. So that's a big, mm. I mean, that kind of went away for, I what feel What do you like mean by that? For a little while. Both sides. So there's not a running line and a head. There's, there's two heads to the fly line. So you can fish one side of it for a couple of years and beat it up and then yeah. f- go to your fly shop and flip it and fish uh, the okay. other side. So it's kind of a, I mean, well, old timers love it. You know? while, we're on, while we're on that subject, could this whole idea of recycling your line. So let's say you're going to take Alex's advice. You've got some shit line on right now that you've been fishing all year. Last year, it's all beat up. You're going to go with the gold line, you said. Is that right? Gold. Yeah. Um, with that old line, um, Doug Olay, is that how you say his Olet. last? Olette from out of Truckee. Yeah. His, his Euro rigs, he uses this old shitty line, and he cuts it in half, and he nail knots like 30-pound uh, mono. Like I think it's – chameleon alex doesn't like this conversation <laughs> it's, it's ruining it's for, his numbers it, but, <laughs> but it's a way to it's a way it's a way to recycle that old fly line that you're about to chuck and turn that into euro euro yeah. line euro style line that's well, and it, not buy a euro line yeah because I, I just i don't personally like the euro lines in in um, the past the that's there wasn't that many fly lines to choose from you know you had like yeah. a certain amount of fly lines forward and a double taper no, yep that's it and now you have species specific fly oh, lines that but you can go after that, do you think the this is a okay question this might be a chicken or egg question did the market define you know the 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 end user the customer define where the line industry went or did the line industry make a new market that and then marketed it and people went to it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I think, 
I mean, I don't know for sure. That's a good question. I, I would say I that think it's it a little was, bit of both. It, it, it could be I, yeah. a little bit of both. I, I think, think with people venturing out more and like, okay, we dude, can chase these species. It's social media too. Yeah. Like people are, you know, you, the guy, uh, the the guy that we had on the Christian, you know, he's a he's a saltwater yeah, guy, yeah. and he's got a, like sixty four thousand followers on yeah. Instagram, and all his posts are just fucking hero shots of badass pelagic species, and you're yeah. just like. I want to go do that, totally. you know, and, and I think that that, that kind of thing, this is maybe the good side of social media. Um, we could have a whole, yeah. we, we need to have, we talk about this a lot, but we need I to think have it, a it came down to popularity because before social yeah. media, there was like popularity, like you'd open up the magazine and it'd be like, Oh, look at these guys going and chasing tarpon over right. here, or like chasing yeah. this. So they, totally. the manufacturers actually started designing lines specifically for these, these species, you know, yeah. but I think it was, I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. I think you ran it and then they realized like, Hey, we can make more money instead of making all these shooting heads, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, mix matching your stuff we can just make one line you know one line that you have to buy and i kind of i miss that i miss the yeah. those old shooting head series that rio used to make i don't yeah, yeah. do they they still they still make them now we make integrated shooting heads, right and we do make some some shooting heads where you just buy the heads itself oh you do so, yeah the outbound short can you guys explain the difference between an integrated head and a um what the one that just loops, loops so basically in, it's, loops it's a, an integrated line is a line that's seamless yeah you know from you know from the beginning to end it's just one you know the transition there, yeah. there's no hitch to it whatsoever and this is if you watch how it's made videos on the fly line you'll understand how they actually do that it's really interesting i might have to watch it yeah i mean it's it's basically coats of paint well, you know it's like yeah. if you want to taper anything you put coats of paint on one side and exactly. on the other yeah. yeah, and actually, so that video I was talking to you about yeah. where uh, you know, the AFMA standards on uh, for Rio, they talk about, you know, like how little it takes. Like basically, you know, the thickness, the diameter of, a, of an 8X tippet, you know, can change, <laughs> you know, from a 5-weight to a 6-weight. Like that mm -hmm. little, little bit, you know, mm -hmm. changes, you know, the, the grain weight, mm -hmm. you know, to add, you know, to increase that. It's Here's really nutty how you just watch it just trust me watch the videos what are you throwing for striper on your for for rio right now uh two lines i like to kind of go back and forth one is the t series like a t11 on an eight weight t14 on a nine weight plus uh what's cool about the the t lines is they're customizable so you can you they, they cut the distance yeah, of what you want exactly right? so yeah. they come at a set grain weight you know, so say 385 for the T11, and that's a 30-foot head. So there's 11 grains per foot on that. So you can easily calculate, you know, how much you want to cut off to, to get that desired grain weight. Um, mm. I I like throwing the full grain weight. I usually don't cut them. Some, some guys do, you know, mm -hmm. get a little, you know, mm -hmm. more specific on where they want it. So the T line, I like it, the T series, because it just sinks super fast. I think I... I'm not sure if I have one today when we're going to fish. Yeah, what'd you bring? Do you remember? I did. I brought an igniter with an outbound short S6. Sweet. And I have the payload, which is a new rod from Sage. And that's the 899 weight. And I have a striper 350 grain on there we need to get out there pretty quick oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> i was just thinking i'm like we need to be fishing. can't believe you we're, we're talking about this talking the best about fishing, fishing yeah. is right now yeah, right you now. get yeah. we're yeah. talking yeah. with that <laughs> in mind yeah for sure i hate to cut this off short yeah. what it, real quick what so do you with that cutting your your heads mm -hmm. you know that 30 foot head down to let's say 24 feet have you I know you said you don't like to. Does it change that tightness of the loop and the overturn of the fly and all that? Like when you're no, because it's a, that T line. You know the the tungsten mm -hmm. head is one level. Mm -hmm. you okay. Know? So basically, what we're doing is we're just changing. Okay. We're eliminating grains. Yep. So yep. and that's just going to affect the the load of the rod. Right. 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 Know? Right. And now obviously the the sink rate. You know. Right. You know we have a full thirty foot head. That thing's going to go. You know quickly we take a few grains off it's still going to sink but yeah, yeah not yeah. as much as it did when it had right all 385 grains on there cool so yeah. it's just you know uh, where people are fishing and you know what rod they're putting it on mm -hmm. um and the rods that i'm throwing they can handle 385 grains well uh i know you guys want to go fishing so but I, i'll it's fun talking to you so maybe in the future when new things come out or something we can do little bonus episodes and have him call in and just talk about some of this cool stuff that's coming yeah, out totally. cool. and just do little like little you know yeah and just actually a little bonus podcast it'd be kind of fun we're going to uh be 
launching some new stuff fairly earlier this year than normal. So yeah, it'll be really cool. Maybe we can come down and or just yeah, cool. get on the phone. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks, hey, Alex. Thanks for, for listening. Gotta go. go buy some hats yeah Yeah, get some hats geared up arbalist.co also rate us on itunes or google play or whatever else you get your podcasts make sure you sign up for cal trout Trout. they're doing doing more than thank you guys for sponsoring us having faith what else you guys i'm jealous jealous. you guys are going fishing i got appointment i gotta good i gotta deal with but uh i would be i know right (laughs) maybe i'll run out there hang out for a second then come back real fast we're doing an investor pitch tomorrow yeah Yeah. maybe we'll have more to tell later down the road but uh buttholes are tight right now (laughs) 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 all right it'll be good all right guys thanks for having me man all right good luck fishing everyone thanks for listening Special thanks to our sponsors. Without them, this show would not be possible. And thanks for listening. If you have ideas or any questions for the show, send an email to fishon at barbless.co or join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash the barbless podcast and tap on the visit group link. Also be sure to follow us on Instagram at barbless.co or find us on YouTube. Thanks for listening.